Best Conversations Podcast, man. Got my partner on here, Quentin D. Berry, Berry, Berry Company. Um, this is a very special episode to me because I thought I knew my boy kind of, but then I seen him do an interview a couple years ago, and I was like, damn, I don't know nothing about, bro. Like, so this is this is a real treat for me. And anytime um, I'm interviewing somebody from my back, from from not my neighborhood, uh, Quentin grew up in Scotland County just like me, uh, same yeah. age, graduated the same year. So this is almost like memory lane, but almost like, um, you know, sometimes people see the finished product, but they don't right. know the struggle it took to get from A to Z. And right, tonight right. we're going to be talking to Quentin about how he made it from A to Z with a very um, striving, what he doing with his company, uh, you know, going to college and all that. So first, well, second time to the program, because we did a little quick check-in a little while ago. But uh, thank you for being on the program, uh, bro. Right, right, right. I appreciate it, man. Just kind of echo and um, some of the things you said is just really uh, – like this opportunity is super unique um, simply because we have been knowing each other probably we graduated 2003 met each other probably what ninth, 10th grade right um, and then like that we were young men then kind of fresh teenagers to be um, older men now so we've experienced life at different points so I'm super excited to talk talk to you you know what I'm saying catch up um, and really help um expose the platform for both you and i and just to kind of share what we've been up to and, and really um give something back to our hometown to show them like hey these are what these guys are doing they're from here um and so i'm super excited can't wait to dive like more in depth yeah absolutely man so take me back to you you grew up on um what's the what's the famous street in Lawnburg? Which one? <laughs> Moodlegrass, uh Purcell Street, uh, Produce Market Road. Now, where'd you grow up? You grew up on Moodygrass, right? I grew up in Moodygrass. Uh, I grew up in Moodygrass from probably birth to eighth grade. Once my grandmother died in eighth grade, I moved with my cousins, mm -hmm. um, I call them aunt and uncle, um, and we ended up moving to Washington Park. So I spent, uh, I'll say, elementary all through middle school on one side of town, Cross Creek, Moodygrass, and then the later part of just kind of, for me, the true development of finding who I was and, and really being intentional. Um, we moved to Washington Park, so that was like I a total new experience. I didn't even know you lived in Washington Park. Why yeah. did, well, back then, you, if, you know, I was from Wagram, so you was from Laurenburg. Even though we, we say we from, this is for the people that don't know. People that's right, from, right. <laughs> they, they know. So I'm from Wagram, you from Laurenburg, so I just know you from Laurenburg, and I just kind of leave it at that. Right, but, right. Washington Park, I'm from Wagram. I know, like, that's a that's one of those hoods, like, you like, don't go to Washington Park after night, you know what I mean, to go right. down. <laughs> if, I, if I remember right, my, I'm old now, but I remember, like, Cross Creek and Washington Park used to be kind of beefing back in the day or some, something like that. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I would say back then, yeah. Um, it was so odd, though, to me being having an opportunity to kind of live on both sides mm -hmm. um, and really also understand, like, at the end of the day, at that time, our parents probably worked together in some capacity um or they play weekday softball um down at the local uh was not jc park but uh, the park by scott presbyterian park mm -hmm. um but that experience was, was was so unique i really didn't have 
too many, like what I would call Washington Park friends because I had just moved over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, most of my friends were still Moody Grass. So I still went to church on Moody Grass. Um, I still hung out on Moody Grass. Um, in terms of just watching the park, it was just, it was different. I kind of just stayed, we stayed closer to the elementary school, closer to the highway. Um, so I didn't venture, I would say, quote unquote, venture um, until Washington Park, Washington Park, unless I was going to cut grass at, um, at that time, my uncle's mother's house. And again, it was, you're going straight there to cut grass and then you coming back home. Um, it wasn't really no hanging out. Um, you went to Sycamore Lane, I guess? Yeah, I, w- I went to I.E. Johnson. Um, um, and I, I talk a little bit about, I think that was a unique experience as well. So I.E. Johnson was the, um, the what it was, not the Honors College, the AIG, what an academic and gifted mm-hmm. program. Um, but I, didn't, I wasn't academically gifted or an AIG, but I grew up in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those students were coming in from various parts of Laurenburg. So I got a unique opportunity to see what unquote, uh, what unquote, what I thought what success was at the time and what it looked like for students that were excelling. But I also had a background of growing up, um, I wouldn't say in the hood, but I grew up like in a, in a tough environment where you had to fend for your own or um, not even necessarily fend for your own, but you play with the neighborhood kids in terms of all sports. If one person fought, we all fought somebody. Um, and so being in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, kind of seeing those dynamics mm-hmm. um, really, I think for me, play dividends as I've gotten older. But yeah, I went to I.A. Johnson. Word. So take me, take me to your bedroom as far as the posters, posters on the wall, what it look like? Uh, right now or back then? Back then, not now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back then, I would say uh, posters on the wall, none. Really? Um, yeah, not, not 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 too much because um, I just didn't know. Um, I didn't really wasn't really into that uh, type type stuff. I guess I would say um, I collected cards back then, so I probably had more like baseball, basketball cards. Um, but as far as on like walls, nothing bare wall unless like your mom's mm-hmm. uh, what she put up on the wall that you better not knock off and touch. Knock off. <laughs> Because, you know, growing up as kids, you kind of, you know, put the inspirations on the wall, your favorite sports teams, you know, the Michael Jordan doc running right now. So I, I didn't know if, like, you know, if any of that stuff was up on the wall or anything like that. Nah, um, I probably, because I still was, like, figuring out um, myself, and I was very private, very intimate with myself. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, you have to think about, or you may not know, like, I didn't grow up with either one of my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, by that time in middle school, I mean, high school, I was, it was pretty clear that I knew that my aunt and uncle were not my parents mm-hmm. and there was just some things that they could and could, couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went in this shell of just, um, I got to make sure I'm prepared for the next four years of whatever that looks like. Um, and so I didn't really kind of was paying attention to what was going on outside of what was in my head. I used to always see you in the library, reading the newspaper by yourself. And I was like, wow, why is this dude always just in here in the, you know, <laughs> in the morning? This is the morning before right. we started. And I was like, and I used to always like, damn, why, why's Quentin in here? And I didn't know you that well at the time. We probably was, you know, I, I, and my memory was, if my memory was right, I think we had like P.E. I remember we had P.E. together once yeah. in seventh grade. Uh, I think I remember. I remember us playing ball. I remember busting yeah, yeah. playing ball a few times. Yeah, and look, I still got it. <laughs> yeah, 
but um, I used to see you in the in the library, always like reading the paper and and, and doing stuff like that. And I could kind of tell then that you was kind of, you know, off to yourself. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, that I, that's wow, because I still do that. I just like still like, newspaper and like read the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, just for me, it was just kind of at that time is I I knew that reading early on could take you basically anywhere you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, mentally, and it also was something to be very intentional uh blocking out like just the negativity of thoughts mm-hmm. uh, that I was having again, not growing up with either one of my parents. I had RA, so my body's hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I in that grade, I, was I working then? Yeah, I might have been working. I think I had a job maybe at Kmart, working part time at Kmart. So I was really already again preparing myself for where I kind of wanted to go mm-hmm. um, in terms of. Like I knew Lawrenburg wasn't my long-term home of where I want to grow up and try to conquer the world per se. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just more of like, man, I ain't really want to let too many people in my personal personal life. If you really didn't already know, there was no point in me telling you because I, I at that time I didn't figure you would understand. Right. Yeah. I just I just thought it was I thought it was mad unique, and I was like, man, he just in here just chilling by itself. Um. So so what was some of the some of the first motive you know, uh, where you found motivation in yourself to, uh, you know, start looking at the world broader than just Lawnbird because, you know, no, no knock to some of our people from our hometown, but sometimes people get really laxed and comfortable right, right. Even in Lawnbird or just saying, Hey, I'll just work at this factory. Cause this is, cause at one time when I was struggling in my life, I thought like, Hey, maybe I'll drop out of high school and just go work at the plant like everybody else. Everybody else. And that's what I thought that I was going to do at one time. So what 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 gave you the energy to think broader than just uh, Lawnberg? I think um, just knowing I didn't necessarily have any attachments. A couple things. One, I didn't have any attachments there. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is not there. My dad is not there. Um, or at least I don't think he's there. I never met him. Uh, my grandmother's deceased. My grand- grandfather's a little more older in age, but he's also encouraging me to kind of think broadly um and really just motivated and pushing me i think probably i got bit by the bug in probably like 11th grade um by that time i had been working at athletes foot for for a little bit you know best what I'm saying? job in the city <laughs> best job in lawnburg hold the whole lawn- <laughs> Jealousy. like yo how do you got it i'm just like yo how do you got a job athletes foot like what do you do to do this <laughs> that's so wild okay everybody used to ask me that but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the best job. I thank God for that job. You know what I'm saying? I had I had just got fired from Kmart like a couple of months earlier. Um and just went over there and got really lucky. You know what I'm saying? But again, early on, even through all of this, I was from a spirituality standpoint, I knew God had had kind of there's a scripture that talks talks about before I formed you in the womb, I called you. Kind of, I kind of felt that early on, just kind of looking at my life, like knowing this is not normal, this is not regular. Um, but in terms of going back to your question, I think 11th grade, uh, senior year, no, 11th grade, I got the yearbooks, and I'm, I, I began writing in the yearbook. So I think that was my first time of kind of telling myself what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and how I wanted to do it. Um, and one of the biggest things in the still at the house today in Laurelburg is, like one more year and you're out of this hellhole. It wasn't like I was actually living in a hellhole, but just the trauma of, I call it now at my age now, post-traumatic stress of all of the stuff going on at an early age. Like, yo, I got to get out of this environment or I will not make it. Um, So 11th grade was probably when it really 
turn on. And I, I, I kind of knew I was going to college. I didn't know where, um, but I knew I wasn't going to be in Laurenburg. And I just. What, and, um, what kind of student was you? Uh, man, my grades were like average. <laughs> uh, like really average. I think I had, I was smart in my head, but I hated writing. Um, I hated doing the, the showing the work piece. Um, I always been, I'm a strategy person. Uh, what's the quickest way to get to point A, point B? For me, it was about early in that time, like I need to be safe, I need to be secure. I need to kind of know my surroundings. So I, I kind of took that thought process and put it into my work. But an average student, like average. Um, I, th I think I was just more, having that street, street smart in school smart, it made me like a, a little smarter than I really was. Exactly. It's crazy that you say, like, get the hell out of this hellhole because um, you was a, probably a lot popular than I, than I was. And I just felt like, like, like I was in a hellhole. I didn't even, like, looking from the outside, from the, from the outside looking in, I wouldn't even think that you was as stressed as I was. You know what I mean? I'm feeling like these four years, because middle school was cool, but high school, it was the pressure of, of being popular, want to get girls, like what I'm gonna do next. Like I'm, 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 I'm insecure. I'm, at this point in my life, I was insecure about myself. So, you know, it'd be some classes where if it was like all the popular kids in there, I would be like super quiet. Like I wouldn't say nothing because I didn't want to hear the jokes. I didn't, I didn't, because you know, high school was so pop, it was so based on popularity. Right. And and just to hear that that you, you know. It's crazy how you need you don't even realize somebody else is going through their own struggle at the same time, which is right. crazy. <laughs> it is, it is. Nobody would have ever ever thought that. Even even now, it's a kind of surprises people when I like share mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, but we can get into that though later. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy, man. Because I because I'm four years, man. It was some good times, but it was man, it was like damn, it was. It was it was cool, but uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that shit again, man. And and I and I snuck by graduation, like. Mm -hmm. I, I think because I, again, I had grew up on two sides of towns. Mm -hmm. uh, my family was pretty popular. Uh, my cousin Travis was like a star football player. Right. Two years I was in uh, high school, um, so when I got to Scotland, I was already. Uh, in that grade, I was hanging with seniors and juniors, so I got acclimated really quick. But again, I had this, um, all of this stuff going on around me that I, like, to me, that shit was just really pointless. Um, it didn't add any significant value. Right. Um, I knew the value was me leaving Laurenburg both short-term and long-term. Like, that was the value. And for me, it was, I got to salute to my big brother, Davon, because it was, it was it was great when he was in ninth and tenth grade. It was like, oh, that's Devo, little brother. Yeah, cool. But then eleventh grade year comes around. It's like you know, it's like yeah, fend fend for yourself. Yeah, for your own. <laughs> you you on your own, but you know, yeah yeah. Scott Scotland was cool. What do you what do you remember from uh grad from my graduation? It was uh, this shit was like a blur. Now I remember them. I don't even remember who the the speaker was up there. Or anything. Uh, I, it's definitely a blur. I remember. Um, I remember the, the what the volleyballs or the the plastic beach balls. Uh, the beach um, balls are getting thrown around while doing uh the young lady. I, well, I I call her friend Patricia, uh, Massey, um, really smart person. But doing her speech, it was like just that. Um, I remember going out to like somebody's house, like in the country, in this big field, 
uh, and having like this big old party. Uh, I remember a couple of months before that, our spring break where we went down to uh, Myrtle Beach, like Freaky Tiki Bar. A couple of us went down there. So I had, a, I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed high school. <laughs> like I, I had a good time. Like I had a really good time. Uh, I had a good time outwardly. Mm -hmm. Inwardly, um, I was just ready to go. Right. I never, I, you see, my, my, my best times of high school was like uh, going to the club, like going to, uh, what the hell, Deja Vu, I think it was called, was it, it was the, whatever the shit was on Sky Bowl. Okay. I know you're talking about Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that, whatever that was, like, that was like the best times, like, because it was like, whatever I was dealing with at, in school, it was like, that time right there, you just, you just block it all out and. And you just enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. Um, did you ever go to the skate ring? Never went to the skate ring. This see, this is see, this is the struggle of living in Wagram. Now, now you said that that you you know you lost your parents, but I was adopted. You know, some people know, some people don't know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, yeah, me, me, Davon, Jarrell, Wallace, we all adopted. Um, so my parents are older. Like you know, like like oh, like you know, if I'm 17 my, my mother is probably already like in her 50s oh, so, wow. so she's like i'm not and, and waking the lawnberg is 10 miles solid you know right <laughs> that's it and she'll be like uh i'm not driving i'm not driving in the dark i'm not driving in the dark cave when i'm not doing that blah 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 so i never the whole time the skating ring was popping on friday nights i never went once the only time i would go to the skating ring was uh whatever p class i was in p class <laughs> That was our field trip. I remember that. I remember going. <laughs> Only time I would ever uh, go go in the skating ring, but uh, yeah. So, um, how'd you land on Winston Salem State? Oh uh, God, uh, really? Um, to be super honest, it's so it's a wild story. So I, I only applied to two schools mm -hmm. um, at the time: UNC Wilmington. Um, I applied to Winston Salem State like really, really late. Um, but fortunately. Um, again, where we talk about how God, I kind of knew God was already kind of working and moving, per se, for lack of better words. Um, my uncle's niece went to Winston, and okay. she was, like, super popular there, like, super popular there, like, probably early 90s. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm talking to Aku. Um, I, Aku, Aku said, Quentin, call this lady named Dr. Shirley Manigo. Mm -hmm. Tell her you know me. Mm -hmm. So cool. I call up. This is probably a couple of weeks before graduation. Uh, like, hey, Dr. Manigo, my name is Quentin DeBerry. Uh, my cousin Aku told me to give you a call. Uh, and as soon as I say Aku name, like this lady goes crazy. Word. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. Well, I don't know what the hell Aku did in Winston, but she the goat. So um, I get in Winston. I never visit Winston one time, yo. not one time. Uh, I didn't even know what the campus looked like. Fortunately, I had been to Winston-Salem again. I had a good friend named Ava Kelly, who probably maybe in fifth or sixth grade, um, her parents uh, had a cousin or a family member lived in Winston-Salem, right across the street from Wake Forest. Okay. So I had probably fifth or sixth grade, I had been to Winston-Salem and seen Wake Forest. I kind of knew what it looked like, but again, I'm a kid not paying attention. Fast forward, we go to Winston, know nothing about school, know nothing about college. I did all my FAFSA on my own. I paid for my applications on my own, you know what I'm saying? Um, my aunt, um, bless their heart, you know what I'm saying? They took me to Greensboro, uh, 
uh, my cousin Travis was living in Greensboro, and my cousin Travis took me to the like the freshman orientation. Mm-hmm. Yo, me and him leave because we don't know. Like we just leave. We check in and leave. Uh, fast forward back, I come back to Longburg probably like two weeks after, two or three weeks after graduation. Uh, I'm in Winston full time for the rest of you know what I'm saying my life. After probably like Fourth of July, probably mid June. Me and June, mid June, two thousand three, I left Longburg. What, what was the summer like before 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 uh, going? The summer before going? Mm-hmm. Which, you mean like our eleventh grade year? No, like uh, we already graduated. Graduation, man. I worked probably like four weeks and I was out. You was out. Word. Yeah, I left Longburg. I think I might have been one of the, because I got accepted into an honors program. Okay. And so the honors program again that story with Aku. So Aku was in this honors program at Winston-Salem State. Mm-hmm. They love it. Got free, I got nine free credit hours. Right. Got to stay on campus for free, like super, you know what I'm saying, super lit, as they say, you know what I'm saying, early. So I got adjusted real early. I got nine free credit hours. I meet um, my first time on Winston, like, cool. I meet these dudes from Charlotte. I meet these girls from Charlotte. I meet people from Burlington. I meet people from all across, like, North Carolina. And these are like really quote unquote smart people. So the first uh, people we graduated with, who, who's there with you? Um, Tiffany Graves. Um, uh, Tashika McCray was there for a little bit, but I think again, God sent, uh, Tiffany was like my guardian angel. So me and Tiffany have been friends for a long, long time. Like mm-hmm. we went to elementary school in North Laurenburg together. We went to I Johnson Middle School together. We went to Scotland High School together. Um, and went to college together. Uh, she worked under one of my staffs when I was president for a year. She served as queen for a year when I was president. Um, campus queen, I mean, class queen when I was president. Um, she helped me, like, push me to go to grad school. So she, she was there with me this entire time, except summer school. Mm-hmm. Um, she came in the fall, but uh, I hadn't knew nobody at Winston at that time. You know, I just went up there, like, just, quote, thugging it. Right. Like, thugging it. Well, um, your first roommate, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. It's, it's a dude from the honors program. Okay. Um, from from Burlington, another kind of guy that like really smart. Like, for, first of all, I don't think any thugs go to college. I think you come from tough backgrounds. Um, but you're not really a thug when you're filling out paperwork and you doing all this. Man, come on now. But anyway, um, it's a dude named Derek. Uh, and so we walk over to this. Um. To this 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 dorm room called Brown Hall at the time. They have no air, no AC. It's like a thousand degrees in Winston Salem, and we both looked at each other like, "Bro, we ain't living there." Uh, ended up being roommates. Uh, he was my first roommate, dude from Burlington. Uh, a solid dude. Ended up being a like computer science major, like super smart. Um, he had a car at the time. Cause fast forward, I didn't have a car. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Cause I ain't my aunt and uncle couldn't afford to buy me no car, so I'm like, "Yo, I gotta." I got a bed to move around. Uh, so Derek was a good roommate. I had I had four other roommates because we stayed in an apartment style. Um, we didn't really talk to the other two. It was just me, kind of me and Derek. And we hung out with um, my other friends from the program. Word. So um, so the next time, so I, you know, like we said, graduation, that's, that was a blur. Yeah. It was like, you know, so next time I actually ever see you, see you again, you didn't even notice. Um, I'm living so I moved I moved faster than you moved. We <laughs> we um we graduated on a Friday. I left for Greensboro to live with Davon on a Sunday. Davon was going to uh, uh 
think at this time he was already, he was already done left A&T, but he was uh, he used to go to A&T, so he was already in Greensboro. So I, so that's so that's how I found my way to Greensboro. But I got accepted I got accepted to Barber Scotia, but I wasn't like you. I bullshitted by filling out my FAFSA. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so I see you. I'm I'm, I'm riding around A&T campus. BSing, you know what I mean? Just looking for women, looking for girls. At that time, then I see you, it was like a game or something. It was like a uh, Winsalem was up there for, I seen like a Winsalem bus or something like that. Then I see you like suited and booted, walking across A&T campus. And I was like, oh shit, that's Quinn Deberry. I remember that year. That's when we played A&T in football. <laughs> got you and I was like what the hell is he doing doing and why is he suited and booted like <laughs> and um, With a little Winston town and everything and so I was like damn he must be doing some he must be doing some big things out there but I think that was my uh that might have been my first year student body president wow. so I'm thinking that might be 2005 2004 ish um some sometime um yeah yeah and that's deep even being president was just wow. You know what I'm saying? It was nothing I intended on doing or wanted to do. Right, because um, after after I, I, um, I seen your other interview, and I was like, when you when you said you were president, and I was like, quit president? I thought I would never thought because you was you know pretty pretty reserved in high school. Right. And, um, I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. That's really crazy. So talk talk to me about that process of being student body president. I think that was one of the craziest process again, man. So again, I go to summer school, I meet these random dudes, and you know at that time everybody trying to fit in. We 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 starting over, but we fresh because we we got a, a too much head start on everybody. You know what I'm saying? So we deal with football players. We deal with football players. We deal with uh, other programs, and so at. I had some mentors that were goddess counselors, and one of them was a Delta. Mm -hmm. uh, and her friend, her line sister, was the student body president at the school that time. Mm -hmm. um, and during this Honor Summers program, man, I, I, I was a Billy badass. Like, I wouldn't go to class. Like, nobody else wouldn't go to class. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'll crack a joke. Other people crack a joke. Um, and they pulled me to the side. Like, yo, you have, you have something. And I'm like, what you talking about? Like, people follow you. You're charismatic. You have leadership qualities. And I'm looking at them like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Because I ain't never led nothing. Um, I've never public spoken in front of anybody. So I'm just looking at them crazy. So the counselor introduced me to a line sister, um, a lady named Christy Swing. And I think that was the moment that my life changed. Because I'm looking at Christy like, yo, you're like a black woman. And you're the president of a school? Mm -hmm. And it's your second term? I'm gonna be president of school two terms, and that was it. It was just it was nothing. It wasn't nothing fancy. It was, I seen her, um, and the words was basically, like, "Yo, you probably get a lot of free shit." Don't you? Um, but I think she I, she started laughing like, "Yeah," but it also comes with like this huge responsibility, um, this huge engagement, this huge commitment. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the moment that my life really began to shift um, in those situations that. Um, I grew up in Larnburg, those situations of not knowing my dad, those situations of my mom leaving, situations of RA, um, the situations of just getting up, that time playing football and really understanding what I was getting out of it, the time going to athlete's foot, the time where um, I had to walk home, that's when it all made sense.
Mm-hmm. Um, it was those leadership is a, for me, it was learning leadership is about how do you take what you've been through and how do you share it in a way that's inspirational, that's engaging, uh, that's not about yourself, but it shows people that they can get up and keep walking and keep going. But that was the moment uh, when I met her across the hall in, in, in Rams Commons. Wow, that's, that's, man, that's, that's crazy. And, and what's some of the responsibilities um, that you had to, because I just went to community college, my G. <laughs> Come on, man. They got student body president no, at community colleges. I never, was, I never was into any type of um, the responsibilities of dealing with this, doing, the, doing that type of stuff. Um, yeah, I think it was tremendous responsibility. So you're talking about, I still was, and the weird thing, you're still a college student. So you still want to have fun. You still want to go out. You still want to party. Um, but some responsibilities where we were in charge of like rolling out, advocating on behalf of students for student fees mm-hmm. um, and tuition increases. Um, we were in charge of planning homecoming for HBCUs, homecoming concerts, that wow. homecoming spirit week. Um, we also was in charge of um, the new elections. We were in charge of kind of being the advocates and voice for students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the same time, you're learning leadership at a very high level um, because I'm managing or leading a staff of 13, 14 people. Um, so that was very challenging, like just leading people from, like leading black people in 2003 was really tough uh, because we all are smart as hell and we all know the answers. So it taught me a lot about myself. And so for me, I'm super grateful for my freshman class council staff, uh, my sophomore class staff, and my junior and senior staff because they taught me so much about not necessarily how to lead, um, but they taught me about me. Uh, like Quint, you got to be a better communicator. Quint, you got to treat people this way. So like, those are the things you learn. But it's a lot, man. You're 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 advocate, basically a student advocate at the highest level. Word, because I I ain't see you partying, man. You know I, I seen a lot of Larnberg cats in the club back then around that time. Oh no, I party though. Yeah, I party. Yeah, yeah. I had a good t- trust me, I had a good time. <laughs> Sometimes it got me in trouble, but again, I think, man, I- I'll go back. I party a lot. I party too much. I got in some trouble too, but God was looking out for you, boy. But again, I think growing up in Moodagrass, growing up in Washington Park, going to I. Johnson with our AIJ kids gave me the ability to be able to communicate with so many different people. Mm-hmm. Like now, I at that time, I had friends that were Greeks, that were football players, that were in the band, mm-hmm. the one that nobody talked to, the smokers club, the drinkers club. Right. I, I just knew everybody, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we all people, we all mess up. Like, why well, I'm going to treat you so different or judge you when I know what I came from? Right. Like, I know where I came from. Absolutely. I have no room to judge you. Um, and I don't want that burden to judge you. Absolutely. So when so when did you catch this music bug where you wanted to be <laughs> bigger than Russell Simmons? Uh, I would say junior year, um, playing in like concerts. And so at that time, so Winston, we were bringing artists to schools all the time. Mm-hmm. And so some of the promoters at the time was like, hey, tell the artist to shop my party out. I'll let you in the club free. And I'm like, okay, cool. After a couple of times it was all right. But then you realize how much cash they were making, how much money they were making. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the guys I met in the program ended up meeting this girl named Baby Sean, uh, Baby Sean from D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and we created this company, or they created this company called 80s Baby Entertainment. And so I would let Baby Sean open up 
for the artist. Cause she was like super chat, like, yo, you talking about a female that could just wrap circles around people? Mm-hmm. It was her. Um, so it was just kind of let her open up, open up. But I was meeting people along the way um, because at that time, Trey Song's managers had came to Winston and I ended up um, connecting with one of them. Years later, we reconnected again. Um, you had Bobby Valentino, Ludacris. So all these managers I've been coming in contact with, and I was like, well, shit, I like music. Uh, leadership is about being able to identify talent and develop that talent. I can kind of do the same thing. Um, so I, I would probably say junior, senior year uh, was when it really started to gain traction. Uh, and then the internship with Russell Simmons kind of just kind of catapulted it to another level in terms of just being able to co-sign it for people to visually see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I had a good time chasing the music bug. And this is crazy, right? So around this time, um, unless unless you go on to Facebooks or whatever, but social, but every, I would say around from 03 to like 07, far as classmates, I really didn't know what people was doing. Unless I physically seen you out and about or when I'm coming home or talking to you, I don't really know what people are doing. And then... Right. Then it's years later when people are doing a little more social media, you kind of get caught up on, you know, some of what people are doing. So when I when I, when I listen, listened to your interview and you said that you interned with Russell Simmons, I was like, what? When did this happen, man? Talk about that experience. <laughs> um, it was really crazy because I was sitting in my room um, May 2007, April 2007, and I was like, I'm trying to write a graduation speech for my classmates, like, Yo, what the hell I'm gonna say to college students about graduation? And at this time, my state, my space was popping. Right. And you, you know, it would say like, my friend or online, mm-hmm. um, if a person was online. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, at that time, I'm just like Googling quotes. Um, so I put in like Jeezy quotes, Russell Simmons quotes, and like Sean Combs quotes, and just like presidential quotes. So I go through all of them and I see Russell's shit blinking. Let me send him a message. Like, hey, I'm Quentin DeBerry. Um, I'm student body president at my college, looking for a summer internship. I've never had like an internship. Um, cool. He responds, uh, send me his resume. Immediately? Um, yeah, probably like 20, 30 minutes later. It wasn't like I, I was had to I had to figure out how I was gonna get to New York. So yeah, it was really quickly. It wasn't a long, drawn-out process. Um, uh, so I emailed him, I'm like, oh shit, he responds. And so I really got my internship through MySpace. Like real talk, like through my school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's like, yo, you again, I'm in this country dude. Um, really still ain't been nowhere. I've been on the plane a couple of times, never been to New York, didn't know what New York was like. Um, crazy thing, my mom was living in New York at the time, but fast forward, I'm trying to figure out uh, like where I'm gonna live, where I'm gonna stay, what's gonna happen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we had a Winston Salem State alum that lived in Brooklyn, um, and I called him like, yo, I, I need a place to stay. Like, he opened up his arms, his house, his cabinets, his wallet, his friends, um, to, to me, for me to chase my dream. So I got to move to New York, no, not paying any rent. My uncle at the time was like, yo, this is something you want to do. He bought my flight to New York. Um, and so that's how I spent the summer in New York running around, um, thinking about how to become this next music mogul. Um, and really learned that Russell did nothing with music anymore. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing I learned that summer. Take, take me to the first initial meeting with Russell. Your 
from the from the I don't know if you rode the train or the book or got in the cab. <laughs> take take me through that on your way to meet Russell. All right, so the weekend, uh, I get there a weekend before, and the guy's name is D, he kind of takes me through the tour, like, hey, yo, this is what train you're going to get on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what stop you're going to get off. Uh, this is where you walk. So we go, we do an actual dry run mm-hmm. the weekend before I start. So that Monday I get there, um, Russell comes in, just like, who the hell are y'all? Um, just like cussing. Um, but it's, like, it's not like he's cussing at you. Mm-hmm. It's more like a happy cuss. Um, and that was really it. He would be in and out. Um, I ended up directly interning with the general manager um, of his company, who was a former intern named Tanisha Warner. Who basically this is Russell Athletics? No, this is when, yeah, Russell Athletics was going on pastry. So at that time, you're going in, you think it's just, the company's called Rush Communications. Okay. Um, so I interned for Rush Communications, just Russell's office. So you go in and you really see, you see Fat Farm. At that time, I think he had two floors. So you had Fat Farm, Baby Fat was still going on. You had Pastries and Run Athletics. You had Global Grind that was really just starting. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the Di- uh, Diamond and Power and Fun. Um, you had Def Films or Def Jam Comedy Films. And it was like a couple of other companies. So what I realized, like Russell has this one company, Rush Communication. But it's like 14 or 15 kid companies under it that he's running. Um, and so that was really what I learned. It was really how to take the brand, uh, for me now, Burying Company, and then create these companies of niche specialties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really what I learned from Russell was really hire smart people. Yeah, just hire the smartest motherfuckers you can find. Mm-hmm. Um, and let them be very smart at what they do. Um, don't get in their way. Create this big vision. Create these big ideas and let them play in the sandbox of figuring out. Um, so the summer goes on, I'm working on, I think we worked on a McDonald's campaign that year. Um, they're big quarter pounder. Um, I worked on some pastry stuff with Rashid Young, who I'm still cool with today. Um, but so we're, the summer's telling off, and Russell has this one assistant named Simone Reyes, and he's, Simone has been with Russell at that time, his entire career. I'm talking about from when Def Jam was an idea to uh, him selling, selling the company. So Simone is moving, and Simone's like, hey, Quentin, can you help me uh, put my stuff in a, in a van? And so I'm looking like, yo, in my mind, I'm like, I don't really want to do Turn, do it. So I go help Simone uh, move, and she's like, yo, I'm going to let you personally, I'm going to uh, set up lunch for you, for, for you and Russell. And I'm looking like, oh, I've met her before, not even thinking, like, nah. She's like, no, I'm going to set up lunch for you and Russell. So me and Russell, she sets up time for Russell and I, uh, and then Russell and I have probably maybe a 30-minute conversation of just um, a little bit who I am, where I'm from, and then my goals and dreams. And I'll never forget what he told me. So I was like, yeah, uh, I took this internship because I wanted a record label. He's like, man, that's the dumbest idea you can ever have. And I'm looking at him like, what? You're still getting checks from Def Jam. Why is that stupid? Like, you haven't worked for them in years. Um, but again, it was that, like, he branded the Def Jam name and then basically leases it to different organizations to utilize. Mm-hmm. Um, still maintaining some, looks like some type of ownership in the company, but it was like, think bigger than just having a record label and manage artists. Think about having foundations. Think about having communications companies. Think about having movie companies. Think about having production companies. And so that's why I translate it to now. That's why you see um, H3. That's why you see Burying Company. That's why you see Berry Management or H3, 
I mean, not history, but Ethan and Madison. And that's why you see the homeboys because the ability to learn from somebody at that level, you don't take for granted and you go learn everything you possibly can learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was my experience with Russell. So we just talked about 30 minutes. Um, and it's crazy because he said, if you, he said, it, like, I have one time to call him, don't call him for no bullshit, uh, that I can call him. I've tried to call him, he didn't pick up the phone or he didn't answer no tweet, but it got, but other than that, it was a good experience. Uh, um, again, I'm from Lorenberg, I'm from Moodlegrass. Yeah, I'm sitting two feet from, from Russell Simmons. Any crazy, any crazy New York experiences about that summer that, that, that still, that you still remember to the day? Like, like a, a me and a party, anything? No, because I got to go, I got a chance to go back a few years later. Um, and I think that whole thing was just new, man, riding on a subway. Um, I think for me, the first, eating off the side of the street, a gyro, um, walking to Harlem to, to see, or catching the train up to Harlem to see one of my, my college friends who was there. Uh, I think she was working at MTV at the time. Um, I think I went to a Neo party that time. Uh, no, Neo and Fab had the song. Remember the Neo and Fab song? Uh, Something Better, I think it was. Um, I, went, I went to New York, I mean, I went to that party. Uh, so it was cool, man. So I was kind of slightly able to finagle my way into some industry parties. So that, that summer in New York was just, just awesome. Like, I know it was awesome. It was the best, uh, one of the best times of my life, man. Again, I'm from Laurenburg. I, I take advantage of it. It's so, expensive. It was expensive as hell. I, I, can, I can imagine, man. Um, when, like, what, like what, you, you mentioned the homeboys. Um, uh, you're really good friends with Holly um, Taylor, uh, former NFL player. Um, how, uh, how impressed was you about, you know, seeing him on his journey and seeing like, damn, somebody from where we from is about to make the NFL. Where was you at when you found out he did make the NFL? Uh, I, I was in Winston. Uh, Cause I think Holly and I are a few years, uh, I'm a few years older than Holly. Yeah. Um, I think Holly, one of, he was one of those, those young, young men at that time that you knew had a really bright future ahead of him. Um, just because he had already possessed the intangibles. Let's take away athletic ability. He had the intangibles of success, of being disciplined, hardworking, um, committed um, to the intangibles. He was just blessed to be 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and to some change and move like a cat. But he had the intangibles. So watching it, you're always proud of um, the people from your hometown that, that make it in their respective careers. You're talking about Holly, you're talking about, we have doctors, we have lawyers, you have um, people that are directors. So. Um, anytime I see anybody doing something good for Lombard, I want to know what they're doing, what habits they have, because I know how how freaking tough you got to be to make it out of there, man. Like Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's more than just dreaming with them dreams to come work. But um, watching Halea's journey was very special because I think he, he was probably one of the first in our generation to make it. Right. Um, Super impressed, you know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I think NCAA was out, so I had to play with Matarios because I knew him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was crazy, man, seeing um, – even, even, like, seeing um, uh, Jacoby playing for the Tar Heels. Yeah, yeah. Dewan, I, I remember when BT used to play uh, 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 HBCU football, and first time I seen Jawan McBride uh, playing A&T. Playing right, right. So 
man, when you, when you're from a small town, small town that we're from, man, we just take pride in these stories and these and these young men and and accomplishing their dream. And so, um, to see how Lee, to see how Lee uh, get drafted from the, drafted the NFL, man, that that was crazy. And even going back a little bit before Russ, uh, Junior Harrington, I remember watching. I remember seeing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> NBA game, like, yo, he used to coach me in Parks and Rec. I mean, his pops coached me, and he would coach us, too. And it was like – he, he on, You see him on TV guarding Kobe at the time. Right. Crazy. Crazy. I, the Wingate. And with the Wingate. With the Wingate, man. That was it, – it was crazy, man. So, um, so when you get back to Winston-Salem State, man, um, so you got this – so are you taking Russell's advice, or but are you still trying to uh, chase to get this record label popping? Not necessarily I move more into kind of the management side of the terms, the business side. But let me take a step back and look at. And that time, I I became more. I knew that people were just being present. Going back to a little bit, going being present at school, you have so much access to information. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, my networks are big, so people at that time were coming to me for a little bit, everything. So I kind of just focused on. I got back focused on management. Um, I started managing a few clients. Uh, at the time, I ended up meeting uh, this young lady, young lady who's super talented, almost had her a deal. Um, and then her mom came in and was like, hey, thank you, but we want to bring somebody else in. And I'm like, yo, not on my records. Go get your own records. We went collect the masses. Hey, look, I did learn a little something like them. My records, you record them on my set, uh, them my beats. Um, you can have them for this price. But anyway, you fast forward to that, I, I end up start managing a gospel artist. Okay. Um, knew nothing about managing a gospel artist, but it, 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 I started managing this gospel artist at a weird time in my life um, because I was chasing that dream and I needed the spirituality again where somebody was praying. Right. Um, so did that for about a year and a half and we got to tour. We went to Alabama, we went to Ohio. Um, we went to Detroit, I mean, Michigan. Um, we got the song played on the radio. We were getting interviews. And it's crazy because at this time, I didn't even have a cell phone. I'm making calls through Google Talk. So I'll find somebody and just, like, just grinding. Wow. Um, simultaneously, I ended up meeting this other artist um, named M-Bass from Raleigh. Uh, and the thing about M-Bass was he was African from Nigeria. Nigeria. Super talented, yo. Mm-hmm. can write his ass off. Um, I sent him probably like nine records on like a Thursday, man, Friday morning, I had nine new records. Word. Yeah, sent him another nine records. Yeah, the very next day, I got another nine records. It's like, cool. So I called one of my friends that named Delmar who gave me my entry into the music industry. Like, yo, I got this artist, bro. He is fire. So I sent Delmar the song, so I start working with bass. So I'm managing, post New York, I'm managing these two artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm living in Durham with my cousin. Kind of just grinding it out, like just trying to figure out life. I ended up getting a job at Damn. I had to get a job at. I sold phones for like a two month, two or three months at a kiosk in a mall, and then I ended up getting a job at uh, North. What's, what's, what's the black? South Point. Nah, South Park. South Point. South Point. Oh, you had. Oh, you went to South Point. Gotcha. Because you have to remember, this is also the middle of the recession. Okay. Oh eight. Oh eight. It's still like I'm still struggling. Right. Uh, like really struggling, like yo, man. I'm president of school. I just interned with Russell Simmons, and I'm here fucking selling T-Mobile phones. 
and Banana Republic, but I'm still kind of focused on my grind because God has already taken care of me. He's already showed me. He's already showed me. You know what I'm saying? I'm in New York. I got to go to New York and meet Russell. So I already believe in myself. So we grinding. Uh, we start doing, making a little cash with the gospel artists. It's still a chump change. Um, the other artists is writing these records. And so we just moving. We just moving. Um, then I hit a roadblock probably 2010. I moved back to Laurenburg because uh, I have no job and I have nothing. And I got a job. Got had to move back? Yeah. Wow. 2010, moved back to Laurenburg for a couple of months. And I realized, like, my life is going, it's not going it's not moving I, i'm i'm sitting in the back i had a jeep that time a jeep that i paid or uh, i guess i paid for it but a jeep that i got um i was sitting like i'll be on moody grass just drinking four locos juices uh smoking doing everything wild like everything but what i was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. you know, my uncle like boy my, i'm never forgetting this yo my uncle steve said boy i don't know what the hell you doing but you gotta get the hell up out of here um, he was so serious that the next day I left. Word. I got on yeah, I got on 74, um, headed up to 74. Um, my friend Mike Scott to this day, man, God is just so awesome. He had just moved to Charlotte from Fayetteville. Similar situation, struggling, but he got a job. His job gave him a two-bedroom apartment for mm-hmm. free. For free. And I was like, thank you, God. So that summer, 2010, 2010 summer, I'm struggling, struggling. Mike helps me get a job, so I'm getting some money in my pocket, more money. I'm still managing the artists, but one of them is going, the female artists, we've completely certified. The gospel artists, we're moving because the money is slowing up, and, like, I, I don't like the label, personally. At the time, I don't like the label. I don't like the way they're doing Like, you're going to give away money. The manager who's doing the work is broke. I'm out. So we separate. I got this one client. Um... And me and him still rocking. Like, he still believe in me. I still believe in him. We just cutting records. We sending them off. Um, and every time we about to walk away or quit, something happens. So probably, like, middle of 2011, 2012, we cut this record called Blackberry Chick. Yo, um, Blackberry Chick comes out. Next thing I know, I see it on Sean Kingston's page. And Sean Kingston creates this song called um, – our song was called BBM Chick, and Sean Kingston was called Blackberry Chick. And that's when I knew I like could keep going, keep going. Um, fast forward to probably about 2012, 2013. The artist writer has moved to I got a job. I'm, I've got a job at Wells Fargo, so my life is kind of on the up and up. What was your degree in? Uh, my degree was in political science and um, political science. Yeah, political science. Um, I didn't minor or anything. Marketing minor. Marketing minor. Cool. Um, and that's because, again, you just talk. You ain't got to do no business. I hate the numbers. I wasn't going to med school. Uh, bro, I thought I was going to be the next Russell Simmons for real. I didn't think I was going to need it all. I, I feel you, bro. And, um, and, and you say you start working at Wells Fargo, and, and now, now you win this corporate, this corporate world. Um, now, are you still thinking about the dream, or is you like just thinking like Wells Fargo is just going to be a quick little – I think the, dream, the dream never stops. The goal never stops. You start making um, – I'm, I'm a strategy person at heart. You start making strategic decisions. At the end of the day, you still got to have money. Mm-hmm. Um, we made entrepreneurship. We made this grind so beautiful. 
Yo, Duke Energy, Time Warner Cable, Food Line, Harris Teeter. Wherever you shop at, they don't care about no dream. They care about cash. Um, so at that time, my first job at Wells Fargo was uh, at the call center, man. So I'm on these phones, busting them out. Was this in, back in Durham or where, where you at? Charlotte. I, I got to Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte. Got you. So this is 2011, Charlotte. So boom, I'm busting out the phone. I'm still chasing the dream. We still cutting records. I actually ended up meeting a producer at Wells Fargo. Wow. Um, like, yo, I make beats. I'm like, yo, I manage artists. Um, so me and him connected. We worked together probably 2011, all the way up until last year. Um, we several times last year. But, nah, I was just like, yo, I'm still young. I got cash in my pocket. Um, I can maneuver a little bit. I'm going to keep going. You know what I'm saying? So that's what, nah, the dream don't stop, dog. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, um, like I remember uh, you said that you – um, you went to the BET Awards. Talk about that experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so wild. I, me and my guy, Ricky, Ricky Mitchell, uh, we actually, we were Def Jam college reps. And this, this would be this dude named Spliff and uh, DJ Steel. Um, they used to be in charge of all the college reps for Def Jam. And yo, y'all come down to Atlanta. Y'all don't rock with us for this whole year. Because me and Ricky, we basically ran the triad for Def Jam. So we were when. I remember, you remember Sharifa like a boss? Of course. Yeah. yeah, we brought Sharifa to uh, this club called Meta Rebel, Megan Rochelle. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we would do all this stuff. And so they were like, yo, come on to Atlanta. So we get to Atlanta, come to find out these Negroes ain't even have us no ticket to get into the award show. Me and Ricky sneak in. Damn. Um, so we get to see, like, I'm, I get to see L.A. Reid. I get to see Jeezy. Uh, Sean Pekash, like some of the Def Jam executive artists. Uh, we were in the hotel with Mano, and I'm never forgetting this. So my homeboy Ricky asked Mano at the time, like, yo, why wouldn't you sign the Queen B? Yo, and man, I thought Mano was going to cave his damn chest in. Uh, like, why are you signing no Queen B? Because uh, at that time, Mano and Lil' Kim, like, apparently they were tight. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, that was it. That was it. That was that time. Word. Yeah, man, that was – I, that that was yeah, I remember I remember Mayno running around with little Kim and shit. But um so so now you you um you, you manage writers, like you, you do a lot of management with the writers and stuff. How how how's that business going? I think um so our first record got my first big break in twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um it was with Tamar Braxton, Love and War, number nine, I think a number nine song called Pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I was managing and based the songwriter from Raleigh. And we basically, I uh, remember that relationship I talked to about Trey Song's managers coming back to Winston. Mm-hmm. So I ended up hooking up with uh, D2 Music Management with Bobby Fisher. Uh, so me and Bobby got tight, and we would be on the phone like 1, 2 in the morning talking records. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up getting based placements. So I'm nominated for a Grammy in 2013 for Love and War. Congratulations. Um, I appreciate that. One of the first ones, like, um, just to say you nominated for a Grammy, so we got that, and that was like, okay, you in it, you got the credit, you got everything. So I'm thinking these placements going to keep popping. Like, nah, it don't work like that. Um, the artist at that time, base got the placement and really wanting to seek new management. Mm-hmm. So I had to start over and find a new. How, how cutthroat is the management business, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
man, it seems it seems so tough, you know. Um, it's that shit terrible for good managers. Right. I mean, like, for good people that have managers, it's terrible. Um, it's it's terrible. Um, yeah, I, I I get it. You know what I'm saying? I get it, but. If I put all this work in and get you to the promised land to, to only fire me at the only, end. Only to fire me, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know that at the beginning. So um, one thing I did learn throughout that entire experience of managing artists from, two, even from allowing Baby Sean to open up for Winston Homecoming concerts to having um, songs placed on All-American, to have songs placed on, uh, what is that? Uh, love, not Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, Love and Hip Hop. Um, to having your songs playing it, it, it overseas is like, yo, make people sign paperwork and contracts and be legit with it. Like, yo, this ain't personal. This is between Barry and company and your company, not Quentin and K-Bond. And so um, that's really one of the biggest things I learned. So now it's like, yo, cool. You want to talk to me? This is how much it costs. Um, you want to work with me? This is what I'm expecting now. Uh, and it's like, you either take it or leave it. And not in a way that, I think I'm better than anyone or that I have all this information. It's like, yo, I only want to be compensated for the work I put in. How, how um, inspiring, because I know for me it was like, we finally got one when you, you seen J. Cole, um, you know, finally blow up. Uh, but no, I think it's special, man. One hit on the bill. Um, Fairville. I think, and then the two things is what, J. Cole stands for and what he's really rapping about in terms of like just the information he wanted to give to people. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the man is super talented. He has, again, he has those winning characteristics of right. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go out of my circle. I'm going to do it different. Um, so for J., for J. Cole to really embody um, who he is, it's been fantastic. I remember when North Carolina wasn't even rocking with him or who that. They tried who that. They tried a bunch of records on him mm -hmm. uh, that, that necessarily didn't work. Um, but I think J. Cole is, is a great representation of the artistry in North Carolina. Um, I had a chance to work with Young Swift um, mm -hmm. from Durham. Um, super talented dude, you know what I'm saying? Worked with him for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. Bringing him on and, and, and got to see him catch, catch a few deals. And um, you're talking about myself being able to, to maneuver. Um, they're SK, you got the guys from, I think they're from Rocky Mount. They wrote a bunch of and produced a bunch of Trey songs hit. Uh, of course, you have the baby now, who's kind of like the the Michael Jordan because I think he came at a at a great time and great era. Uh, but there's definitely been North Carolina has some really talented, really talented artists. I think um, if we just keep pushing and plugging, we'll, we'll, we can make some real noise. I don't I don't foresee us being the next Atlanta. Um, I don't see us being a, a major hub for music. Uh, simply because of the way we're positioned um, from an economy standpoint. But I think there's enough talent here that we can make some noise. Absolutely. I definitely, definitely think we can make some noise. It definitely shouldn't just be like uh, debate <laughs> uh, here, next, next seven years, here goes this guy, that guy. I think right. definitely room for for more man um you have um engineers that are in the game you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um not queasy but uh quick from from durham he, he's mixed some big life-changing records some travis scott records um uh major records justin bieber records um even from that side um 
kind of looking at our industry holistically and not always, I think we've done a poor job of just showing only artists. Mm. But there are like tons of jobs in the industry that we can teach people about um, so they take care of their families both short term and long term. Everybody, everybody can't be an artist. I think our last interview I told you early on, I knew I wasn't about to be 6'5". <laughs> I, knew I, I ain't had no hoop dreams. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had no hoop dreams. I was like, uh, I'll manage the hooper. <laughs> exactly. Um, before we get up, before we get off of music, man. Um, I know from 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 where we from, man. It's it's you know, it's a couple people that I feel like are really so close to getting it. The D Mitches, the Brizzle, the Beats, like. You see, when you see when you see the talent talent right out of our our backyard, um, what do you think that would uh, propel them to the next level and, and get and get to ultimately to their dream? Because at one time I really thought D. Mitch was like right there at it. Um, I think not knowing each of those individuals' personal situations and what they, personal. They, they got going on, I would say, um, really organizing really teams to make so I, what i've learned or what i experienced particularly with North Carolina artists uh they never have a real plan mm -hmm. the biggest difference between the baby and other artists or artists locally that we're kind of referencing this point is that he has an actual plan of like nothing is surprising mm -hmm. like he knows that this is going to happen because we put in the pre-work um so i think those artists that we've mentioned um really hiring the right team of people to execute vision um, of where they want to go on um, road mapping. What, what month are we in? So we're in May, May 1st. Hey, by September 1st, we should be here in terms of downloads. We should be here in shows. Mm -hmm. um, this is the content we're creating. Being very more strategic and not thinking that the music is just it. Like the music industry is more than music. That's why it's called the music business, the music industry. There's like other parts besides the music. Right. Absolutely. So moving on, um, how, how'd you get into the tech world? Um, I got fired from Wells Fargo. I got fired because yeah, the real reason they put on paper was failure to perform job duties. But the real reason was I, was, I, I pushed back a lot. Um, I care about black people a lot. I care about all people. But I particularly have a vested interest in people that look like me, talk like me, come from environments and economic situations like me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I stood up for them. And sometimes that standing up was the wrong way. Um, I take 100% responsibility and accountability for me getting fired because I definitely could have communicated a lot better. Um, so that time in corporate taught me to just be a very communicative and that um, people don't play fair. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't nothing detrimental because I actually got to, got to go back. Um, it was one of those times where God really like, yo, I got to get you out of here or you going to stay here. Because I had hit, started making what I thought was okay money. Uh, more than I ever made. I was managing a team. Uh, so I didn't really have no worries, but I wasn't growing or being developed anymore. And my managers was like, I, I didn't like the managers. I'm really big on who's leading me. Like if you're going to be in charge of my life, uh, I need to be secure in your leadership. And I just wasn't secure in that leadership. And I told him. Word. Um, and, but go ahead. Uh, and, and then, so this, so this, 
So that eventually makes you want to jump into the, you know, tech world. Not, so I ended up getting a job, needed a job, so I'm out. This is December. I got fired like a couple of days before Christmas, like the week of Christmas. Wow. Um, one of my good friends, Aaron, Aaron Blue, was like, yo, bro, just go be a recruiter. Um, so I go be a recruiter, uh, and y'all, I fall in love with tech. Mm-hmm. I fall in love with tech for what it does, what it, what it can do, what it will do. But I fell in love with tech because, yo, I ain't seen nobody look like me. Like right. I'm in an office with 40 recruiters, 50, 40, 50 recruiters, three black people in there. One, he's been in the culture so long that he, he, no, he no longer knows who he is. Absolutely. Um, the other one, she gets there when I get there. So it's like, and we come from two totally separate worlds. Um, so I felt like I was there by myself. And I just, and I would hear how, oh, he's a black candidate. Don't you see me standing here? I'm black. Like, what you mean? Um, and so that's where I kind of got in. And then you start really getting that inquisitive mind. You talk about how you used to see me go read the newspaper. Yeah, I just started reading articles on, like, what is tech? And what is this going on? And then when you're a recruiter, I'm calling Kayvon. And let's say Kayvon's a, a data architect. Yo, if I don't know how to talk to Kayvon, Kayvon is going to hang up on me. Quick. Because, like, bro, what you wasting my time for? So I, I started just Googling information, um, and I would have these conversations with candidates, and then I would figure out how do I u- utilize this service or this product into what I'm doing. So it allowed me to find graphic designers and really know what they're looking for and what they're working on. It allowed me to find web developers, um, and it's now giving me the chance to cultivate young black talent mm-hmm. in a way that's never been cultivated. Uh, and so that's how I got into tech. I fell into this shit because I got fired, uh, but I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a techie. I, I don't code. I don't develop, mm-hmm. um, but I know enough where I can hold my own in, in conversations, and I can help you get from point A to B, and I know how stuff works. Talk about talk about the gear, the brand, Brandon. Like, with a couple of a few times, everything is Barry and company. Like talk talk about the brand and what does it represent and all the umbrellas up under it as well. So Barry Company is really the parent. That's your mom and dad of, of all of my ideas, the mom and dad, uh my thoughts and the brainchild. It just goes with my name, D Barry, just short of Barry and Company. Um, following the philosophy of Russell Simmons. And and we didn't talk about, it, but I didn't at a time to spend time with Sean Combs or P. Diddy, whatever we're gonna call it. Same setup. Bad Boy Enterprise with 15 companies. I'm like, yo, these dudes are doing something. So I kind of, I follow their model. Um, Varying companies, the parent company, you have H3, which handles really our tech engagements of how we engage with people, uh, minorities, people of color, underprivileged, however you want to call it, that are looking to um, meet other black professionals or underprivileged people that look like them, talk like them, where they can share experiences, um, share ideas and thoughts, and then the last piece of connecting with companies that want that really good talent. Um, the reason we did that, I was a case study of H3 and it worked. Um, Barry Management handles all of our clients in terms of who we manage from an artist, from an artistic standpoint. And that could be songwriters, mostly songwriters and producers. Uh, we have been reached, people have reached out to me about managing a modeling career, um, but I don't see the value there because that's not something I do. Um, then you have Ethan and Madison uh, publishing. Ethan and Madison houses 
uh, all of our publishing. So when we do um, sync opportunities, when we do placements for artists and music. Quick um, publishing checks, y'all. I didn't see them. <laughs> yeah, I got a few publishing checks though. <laughs> um, and so again, that that's set up for Ethan and Madison just to really, I don't have to touch that. It's kind of set it and forget it. Um, Ethan and Madison, comes from, I had really, I think God gave me two guardian angels. That's Tiffany Gray's son, Ethan. Mm -hmm. um, and our really good friend, Kima Davis, has a daughter named Madison. Um, and like Kima and Tiffany took care of me those four years at Winston. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Kima was on my staff the entire time um, that I was president. But man, these two girls were like, Quinn, have you ate today? Quinn, did you just take care of me? Like, I'm sick, they take care of me. I need socks, they go get me socks. Um, they just make sure my tie's on. They let me know if the street's talking, like, who are you too hot out here? They just was my like, garden angels. And so that's where Ethan and Madison comes from. Uh, Barry and Company, the parent, we do more strategy engagement for our clients. So one of our biggest, um, we have a city client that we're working on, a big initiative with them. Um, but they all feed into each other because of the networks, it's really plug and play. Um, so we represent Berry & Company, H3, um, Berry Management, Ethan & Madison, and then um, our nonprofit or our nonprofit partner, which is the Homeboys, is something I, I represent as well. So let's talk about the Homeboys. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, to go in and, um, and see it from my own eyes of what, what the things that y'all are doing to give back to our own community and in our backyard of Scotland County. Yeah. Um, we put together uh, a great ensemble of young men that come from where we from and um and uh i remember you telling me y'all took the um y'all did the mountain climb or something like that and mm -hmm. you had this uh, but talk about the work that y'all doing in the community right now giving back to uh to scotland county to, to be honest right now we're not doing nothing um <laughs> which, I, I, <laughs> huh? which i have more, more yeah <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like, but we have. I'm super transparent. But no. Um, so the, the the idea of the the premise of the group was to really just take people that the homeboys like home is Lauren home yeah. is Scotland High, home is Wagram, home is uh, Laura Hill, home is Macintosh. We just so happen to be all like men. Oh boy, we couldn't call home men, but homeboys. And so that, that's really where the name derived from. But in terms of work, it's really taking these, these really diverse experiences. You're talking about Holly Taylor, who, who from what um, was McGurk's Bridge Road, make it to the NFL and be selected by the Carolina Panthers. You're talking about Junior Harrington uh, from Wagram getting drafted by the, or going to play for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you're talking about Aaron Blue, who owns a, IT staffing company. You're talking about um, who else is it? Charles McCain, who's a, a football coach who did well. You talk about Josh Porter, who has his own business. Bruce Freeman has his own business. Terrell Manning, um, another young guy who's much younger than us, but that same path of discipline, hard work, make it to the NFL. And so for me, the strategy was you starting to look at all of these people. We all have something in common. Absolutely. That's grit, determination. We're from Laurenburg. Like, why? I'm a big proponent. Just give information. God will keep giving you information if you just give it away. Right. Like, I, I'm really secure in my blessings. I'm secure in my vision. I'm secure in my future. So I can give all this shit away. 
um, because it's been given to me. It's like, yo, go give it away to help people. Like that's really what it's about. And so uh, we knew that being a young black male coming from Lawrenburg, the odds are like super stacked. Um, we felt like if we can go directly and integrate into what they were doing, it would be um, pay some dividends for it for them. Um, but one of the challenges we just saw was just um, we didn't have a lot of involvement. Um, so it's really designing stuff that people be engaged with. Uh, we did do a couple of events. I remember one of the highlights was walking through all the projects um, and us jumping off the back of the trucks and giving out food during the hurricane. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. It was during the summer when we had a tug of war, the family and friends day. Um, but, you, but again, we know a lot of these people. Yeah. Um, and it's just really seeing kids look up to the Hollies and Bruce and, and Terrell is, is super exciting for me. Yeah, absolutely, man. You you have to be a kid that's 10, 12 years younger than, than us enough at the time and seeing a high lead and be like, my God, like that kid, like that guy made it to the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have to right up. <laughs> you have to see that and be inspired. You have to you have to be see that and be excited, man. Like exactly. that's the only way it works. Only 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 way it works. And in our generation, um, uh, I didn't really see that, you know. I didn't really see too many people uh, reach, reaching back to reaching back to us. And if it was, it was a drug dealer or something. Like right, that. right. Yeah, I don't remember no type of engagement, uh, like just nobody coming back and like, "Yo, this is how I did it. This is why I did it." And I thought that was so important because once I got to Winston, that's all it was. Right. I would just love when like, like Brett, little D Bear, you my little mentee. I'm gonna take you under my wing and I'm I'm gonna show you the ropes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I become a senior. Yo, Whitney, you my little sister. I'm gonna take you under my wings. I'm gonna show you the ropes. Uh, anybody, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, I learned. I've learned a lot, Kayvon. <laughs> like I've seen a lot, yo. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to be able to give that back to people. Like, yo, use this. Like it's selfish as hell, and I, I see it a lot, particularly in young millennial leaders, black leaders. Uh, that we want to hoard the information or we want to um, be the person that, that rolls it out. To me, it's like, man, we all could be great. Like what you do, I can't do it all. Yeah, cause some people, um, they, they feel like, man, I found this information, so you need to go find it the way I found it and won't even help give back. And you know, man, just, just give back, man. Like, you know. <laughs> Look, I, I respect the grinders. Right. So you grind, I'll I'll help you. Because right. you, yeah. you gotta grind. Like you you're dead right. You're not yeah. just gonna say, Hey man, show me how to do a podcast, show me how to 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 edit your video. Like, yo, let me show let, let me see if you're passionate. Cause I'm not just gonna give away the game. Give away because I had to, you know what I mean, salute the salute the cool cannon, one of the, the uh probably one one of the best uh, photographers in the game. And uh, he was, you know, working with Sean, uh, when, when Sean uh, was doing music heavy, and as an artist rather. And, you know, the best thing I could do at that point was like watching him shoot the videos and in and, and that point, and I would like ask some little tips and stuff and he'd be like, yo, yo, dude, it's on YouTube. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's go look on YouTube and that's, and that's how you do it. But I was really seeing Cool Cannon you know what I mean? Which he used to rap, try to, you know, he was doing his rapping thing and seeing him pick up the camera. He actually was good, though. He was. He was, was nice. H and X. 
He can act. Yeah, yeah. He was actually nice. Hostel and Spooky Brown. Right. He was actually nice. Yeah, it was, man. And so seeing Cannon pick up that camera, man, I was like, yo, F this rapping shit. I'm going to pick up this camera. Because really, I, I, I fell in love with, like, web series and series, like, on YouTube and stuff. Okay. And um, the, really, I picked up the camera because I really wanted to um, shoot, like, short films and mini films like that. And that's really still a passion. I'm working on a project. I'll say do it. <laughs> Keep I'm working on a project as we speak. It's going to be really, 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 really dope. But um, Q, man, I'm, I, man, I'm, I'm just so glad that we got to talk, man, because I know somebody is going to see this and, and, you know, and get motivated and everything you're doing, the way you branding everything, the, the, every, like, look, like, look at this, man. He branded up, you know what I mean? <laughs> get, get your stuff together, man. Be, be, be always branded up. But I, but I thank you for uh, taking, taking the time out, being on the show, man, being on the pod, man. You, um, it's, it's really appreciated, bro. Yeah, man. I, um, I want to echo, echo the same things, man. Um, like, yo, for real, this, this is, this, this, the conversation was so organic um, and real. And I, like, I think about some of the, and we talked a little bit about both playing football, but really not playing. Um, (laughs) I remember it it reminds me of some of those battles and, and one-on-ones to really come back full circle now. Uh, I wouldn't say we had beef. I wouldn't say we didn't like each other. It was that we didn't know each other. Um, And we were, we were both stars, two players on the team. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, we both we both played in the ten. We both played football tenth grade. We was we was uh both didn't get in the game unless we was up like two touchdowns. And, mm-hmm. and um yeah, I didn't we we didn't know each other. And we was right. both like in the, in, the, in the same in the same boat. Right. And, and initially, I gave up football and at around the same time. Time you did, you know what I mean? I but I did have a plan, I did have a plan, D Barry. So after 10th grade, right? So I didn't miss the whole workouts the whole summer. Cause I usually if, if I would go with Devo, I'd be kind of good because he would go to the workouts because he was super passionate. Yeah. So this time, right. So this by this time he didn't graduate, goes goes on the uh AT. So I didn't go to the workouts all summer. And so I thought, like, yo. Cause Davon did this eleventh grade. I was like, yo, I'm gonna go play JV again, eleventh grade, and I'm gonna dominate, man. <laughs> I went to my first practice. So first, I the coach looked at you like, you ain't been here all summer. Like, what are you doing here? Like, man, Scotland coaches at that time were notorious yeah. for it. One thing about Scotland football, man, you have to be dedicated in anything you're doing. Really, you have to be dedicated. You have to. <laughs> so that really taught me right there was. I can't just pop up here the first day <laughs> of of like when we get back to school in and, August. <laughs> August, and I ain't been to practice the whole summer. They didn't practice the whole summer, even if I was just about to go play JV. That is just not that easy. And that talk, okay. like you got to put the work in. So that plan. So kids, taking a shortcut does not work. Yeah, put the work in. <laughs> and if you listen to Quentin's story from A to Z. It's all stuff in between that makes you who you are. This is what this podcast is about. It's showing the grind from A to Z and everything that happens in the middle is what that makes you as your man, as the man you are. You cannot skip no steps. And I learned that that day. <laughs> hey. 
one of the coaches, one of the coaches made me feel so bad that I didn't even come back. I was like, I pray I practiced that day. Then I was like, man, F football. <laughs> I wonder if it was Coach Barfield. But like something you said is so super important about not skipping this, the steps. Like all I know is work. All I know is grind. All I know is achieving. All I know is accomplishing. But like, yo, I put the damn work in. You know what I'm saying? Like, People don't know, like, I was walking from Athlete's Foot to my house in Washington. You told, you told me that one night we was talking on the phone. That was crazy. So, that's, see, that's another perception I had. I was like, man, this nigga Quinn got the life. I, I didn't know none of this shit. Like, this nigga Quinn got the life made. He man popular in school. This nigga works at Athlete's Foot. And, and just to tell me that you was walking from Athlete's Foot to, to where Park, you Washington Park at 9 o'clock at night. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. <laughs> I slept in my car more than once. Mm. Um, like, it's, it's a grind, man. But I, I really believe in, in a couple of things. Like, yo, one, one thing, you got to have this super astronomical faith. Like, you got to have that. Like, I don't, you, you might not have to believe in what I believe in, but you better have some faith in somebody and something. Mm. Um, and then those three, these are three letters from H3. You got to hustle. Um, P. Diddy taught me that. Like, yo, just keep running because the person to the left and the right of you, they're going to stop. And now they're either gonna stop to take a picture for Instagram, or they're gonna get tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the one. Like, I gotta show you where you're at. And the other piece is the hungry. Like, go get the information. Um, hungry is you call me tonight. Like, yo, can you be ready? Can you do tonight? Yeah, I'll move my shit around. That's the hungry. Go get the information. Hungry is me sitting in the library reading the newspaper. Hungry is me going to YouTube and learning how to. Uh, what did I need to put my lights up or what I need to be a better design, better web series or, or to be a better photographer. Hungry is about um, asking questions. And then the humility, man, one of the biggest thing I really learned out of all this shit, like, oh, you can't be no asshole. Like, people don't like assholes. Um, you know what I'm saying? Don't be no asshole. And I used to be an asshole because I, I, I felt like... Definitely used to be an asshole. <laughs> 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 I felt like a part of me felt like the world owed me something because I was out here grinding and winning like yo you ain't put the work in why should I sh share my shit with you but I realized like you can't win like that you know what I'm saying so my, my thing now is be faithful um, in your faith hustle a little bit stay hungry and, and humility man and God he will give you and share like everything you ever want like everything I've ever asked God for in my life, Kayvon, like real talk, I ain't got it. Absolutely. Like I ain't, it, it may not have came like that, that, didn't come that next day, but when I needed to come, I would came. You know what I'm saying? I got, I went to grad school, got my master, I just got like, I need to double up. We double up, you know what I'm saying? I was like, hey, I wanna be, I want more music placements. I wanna be engaged a little bit with my community. Here come the homeboys. Here come the placements from all America. But it's all, all of this is, I've been, focused on putting people in the right position and I've cared about people because I've had people care about me. Absolutely. But overall, man, I, I, I fucking enjoyed it, man. Real talk. I yeah. fucking had a blast. I wish I'd had a haircut, but. Man, we all, we all quarantined. Right. I, I do get mad when I see people on podcasts with fresh shape ups. Like, bro, where you get that from? <laughs> You're supposed to be locked in the house. My barber, my barber has me on secrecy. Like I can't tell nothing. <laughs> I was texting this. I texted him right, and I said, uh, "Yo, can we um set up with blah, blah blah blah?" He said, "Yo, I don't know nothing what you're talking about right now." <laughs> he called me. I was like, "Yo, yeah, <laughs> like, Yo, I get it. I 
I definitely get it. This is his profession. This is this is his, this is his business, man. Right, right. This is life li- livelihood. So I definitely get it. Man, um, I, I wish best wishes to you and your family. You know what I'm saying we definitely got to do a live version. Um, absolutely, man. I, I would feel more more to share. I would love to interview all the guys from from the homeboys, like a whole panel style. Cause man, okay, man, y'all, you know, I set it up. Yeah, all, all of y'all, man, are just so great collectively. I seen Holly and Bruce. Um, um, they flipping houses. Yeah, flipping them houses, man. Like it's just amazing, man. And I, I shouldn't probably shouldn't say flipping houses. They are real estate moguls. <laughs> I don't know about it, so I just. Hey, it looked good to me. Um, it looked good to me. But that, but that's again. I really want to. My biggest thing for, particularly for Larnberg, man, it's really like, yo, stop pushing all these kids to go be sports athletes. They, the numbers. It's a, it's a sheer numbers thing. It ain't nobody hating. It's numbers. Right. It's, it's numbers. Numbers. They all not make it to the NBA. They all not make it to the NFL. We probably get one out of fifty, and that's and that's every high school. That's right <laughs> in America, and everybody like, yeah, my kid going to the league. No, put a book in their hand, uh, expose them to something different, uh, and so that's why I'm always I, I I push kids like into tech now. Like, yo, go find a tech skill. You don't have to love it. Find a tech skill that you can just utilize it. And back up, but man, I won't hold you because we could talk all night. But again, be safe. No, man, I, I ran, and it's all good, man. It's, it's not, it's nothing beloved on this side. I like, like the great uh, Issa Rae says, I'm rooting for everybody black. You know what I mean? If you, if you're from black, and you from Scotland County or anywhere in the nine, I'm rooting for you extra hard. So if any, if anything I can ever do for you, my brother, you know, it's always one call away, and you know I can. You know, anywhere, anywhere I can help, man. But peace and blessing to you, man. This is Best Conversations Podcast. That's Quentin D. Berry. Tell them how to follow you, uh, Quentin. Um, you can visit my website at QuentinDBerry.com. That's Q-U-E-N-T-I-N-D-E-B-E-R-R-Y, QuentinDBerry.com. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram, and that's DBerry Co., as well as H3CLT, um, Instagram, DBerry Co., and then H3CLT. Uh, I'm on Twitter as the Black Tech Recruiter or um, Quentin DeBerry on Twitter. Rarely tweet. Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, reach out to, to Kayvon if you, you, you're trying to do business with me. And he can connect me, connect us. Um, and again, I, I like to end. That's the real reason I got fired, man. I support everything Black, yo. <laughs> like, and I, and, I, and I have some friends that are not, I obviously have friends that are other races, but I have a vested, again, a vested interest in black people because... Oh, man. Badass wide receiver when we was in high school. Who? What's his name? Josh? No, uh, Josh Porter. That's my dog. Yeah, I said. Josh Porter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't, like, we're racist. Yeah, yeah. Josh, my dog. Uh, and it's crazy how I met even Josh. So I was leaving an event, and I went and like, man, I'm going to go grab me a drink. And, yo, this big-ass hand comes and just grabs me by the shoulder in the club. I'm already dolo, so I'm like, who the fuck is grabbing me? <laughs> uh, turn around to Josh, and we've been cool. And this is probably how cool was y'all in high school? We, was, we, we wasn't real like cool, cool, but we went to spring work together um, down at Murder Beach because he played ball. Uh, so we knew each other very familiar, uh, but it wasn't until 
to that moment that we got like really tight. Uh, I ended up going to went up going to Jamaica for New Year's, 2015 New Year's. Um, went up going to Charleston for a little bit, hung out. Uh, hey, y'all, him and his girlfriend at the time was fiance now. They cooked me dinner, hibachi dinner for my birthday uh, a couple of years back. So Josh, man, Josh is my dog. Uh, that's my guy. Like my guy. Uh, before that, good friends with a lot of people from Scotland. Man, I, I'm proud of every last one of them. Remember him and Velton was like the starting wide receivers for that for that team. Velton, Velton Tallsell, uh, cool with Velton. Uh, Velton was a good dude in high school though. Yeah, yeah. He really Belton. was. Velton was a really solid dude. Like, all, really. All Dwayne had to do was throw that shit up at, in in the fucking uh, when they in the red zone. That nigga. Get that Dwayne shit. didn't throw that cam was throwing it by then. By then. Now this was tenth grade. Dwayne. Was oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't. Other ten grade, I say about high school. I mean, it's, uh, what you call Cam was the quarterback then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cam was quarterback then, man. But yeah, man. But uh, like I always say, man, keep God first. Everything will work itself out. This was another des- another edition of Best Conversations podcast. Peace, love, and blessings. Catch you on the next one. I got a really big interview coming up, Quinn. That I can't wait for everybody to see, and it's gonna. This is, it's going to be a big one, so make sure y'all uh, stay locked in, man. For sure. Make sure y'all holler at Best Conversation, man. Appreciate it, Kayvon, man. Y'all take it easy. All right. Peace, bro. All right. Peace.